0: This week on Inside Motorsport, we hear from Bruin Beasley. I hope you'll stay with us.
1: So here we are at Newcastle again. Fortunate enough to grab Bruin Beasley, who is uh, described by Betty as the glue pot of Erebus Racing. Keeps it all stuck together works with Barry Ryan who first worked with Bruin back in the uh, mid 90s, late 90s at John Faulkner Racing. So they're still partnered up now in a new venture, coming off a Bathurst win this year. Bruin has a long history in motorsport. uh, His father built racing cars uh, back in the 70s and 60s also, was it?
0: Yeah, and he also was a uh, factory Datsun driver in sports cars. So he and Doug White were teammates. uh, that whole sports car program. Right. So that was early 70s.
1: Bruin uh, runs nowadays the TRS team. It uh, goes over New Zealand and runs a terrific five race uh, series over there, as well as his role within Erebus. Um, but I'd like Bruin to take us back through his starting in motorsport because it's, it's a fascinating history.
0: Where did I start? Effectively, I, I think I was conceived at a racetrack. <laughs> you know, Dad, Dad was heavily involved. Um, he was the Australian agent for Cosworth. So I grew up around it, and especially in the early 80s when I was, you know, I suppose impressionable. Um, Atlantic cars were big and he was supplying engines and bits and pieces of that and supplying the Holden dealer team. Harry Firth was my surrogate grandfather. I ended up living at Harry's house for quite a while and been the custodian of a lot of his stuff. I still got a lot of his equipment, and that it morphed into want to be a race car driver. So in 1985, I think I became the Australian, the youngest Australian person to get a full competition license at 14. Um, and I was doing work experience at HDT at the time, and John Harvey came running down, telling me that Dad had rang and said it had been passed and approved, which was actually a struggle at the period because everyone thought 16 was the minimum age, and that was when was acceptable, so I you know, if I came to Sydney to race, they wouldn't let me, the first time I came up, they wouldn't let me run, I was too young. I did it, at the time Dad was uh, heavily involved in camps, he was the Chairman of the State Council, and there was nothing actually in the rules, it was just a common perception that 16 was the age. So I went to time, did a Jim Mercop course at Sandown, passed that, and I was actually doing hill climbing and Club, my first event was Lakeland Hill Climb in, a, in an MG Midget, um, I was doing motor carnas and things at the time, passed that test. That 80. I came to Newcastle for an MG Car Club national meeting in '85, right.
1: and I and I won an
0: event then, so I was the youngest to do that. And I reckon I was 85. Was I 14? Right. Something like that. Um, and it's about the same period I got my race license, and I had an Austin A40 Farina, which I built myself, and I did some Appendix J races. And then, following the end of '87, we bought the last Elfin former Ford built. Went over to the factory with a big paper bag. It was, was almost a one-off. There was two cars built. Mark Poole drove one, um, which he destroyed at the Grand Prix, I think, the year right. before. And then yeah. my car was the other car, and it was never delivered. I think someone ordered it. So we, we bought it, and it was a brand new car in 1987, but it's plated as an F85. So it was an 85 built. Looked right. very similar to a Reynard of the period. Yeah, yeah. So it was a Gary Cooper. I think he started the project. But it was an Edmundson and um, Don Elliott program, yeah, and we bought the car off Edmondson at the time. And I took it to Adelaide International for the first round as a 17-year-old, I think it was, which was unusual, um, you know, it wasn't any young kids at the time. Crashed it quite heavily, and that was kind of a path for that year. We struggled to get parts, we couldn't get parts out of Elfer, so we had to manufacture our own. And we chipped away at that for two or three years, and, you know, it got to a point where It just wasn't a viable exercise, we really didn't have the money or the knowledge and so we started on a venture and built our own car.
1: The name that most associated with the Bruin Beasley is Minda, now uh, you you carry that name on from your father?
0: Yeah, Dad went through a period in the early 60s where he was building clubments like Lotus 7s Um, and Harry was building engines and things for him and he had quite a little business going uh, selling kits and complete cars and it was called Minda Motorsport or Minda Sports Cars actually. So then when I decided I'd do my own thing, I thought I'd do the right thing and carry the name over um, as a bit of a homage to him and so that's why we called into Motorsport and effectively it's an Aboriginal word from the South Australian area that meant um, like a little bushlight. it was small and fast and manoeuvrable and I think that's where it came from for Dad's first wife at the time she I think came up with the, the suggestion and he ran with it and I followed running with it.
1: So what was the first Minder car that you built?
0: first car I was involved in was the former Ford. So we finished, we started building in 95 um, and I ran it a few times. Uh, it wasn't really a success, it was a, it was a, it was a learning program for us. Um, And in 2000 or 99 I had a good crack at putting it together and running it so I ran it at the Gold Coast and I ran it at Bathurst in the rain and I got to 10th or 11th or something, um, dropped a wheel off, ripped a corner off it and that was the last time I ran it. I brought it back, finished it, put it back together and took it up to my father's factory and it's still sitting there.
1: Now you've had an involvement not only with Open Wheelers but you came then across the touring cars. You worked with John Faulkner's in the 90s and then moved into where? Yes, yeah, so I mean
0: it's an interesting situation because I'd worked with Barry obviously in a motorcycle shop beforehand so we'd met there and he went to work for John um, and I was still doing my former Ford stuff at that time, I was doing bits and pieces. and. I went with him to Faulkner's to do some stuff part-time and that had morphed into a full-time role so Barry looked after a car and I looked after a car and that was late 90s, VS period, so 98 maybe, 97, 98, um, so I did two or three years part-time then full-time with John and then went to HSV to get a normal job so I can concentrate on the former Four program a bit.
1: And that was working in the uh, road car business? I was, yeah. And and what was your role
0: there? Initially I I worked in the uh, wheel lining, basically just wheel lining the cars and finishing them off before they went out.
1: got that down Pat,
0: right. It it, it wasn't very exciting.
1: Okay. All right, Well, fast forward now to when you were running your own cars again.
0: Yeah, so about the same period of time, I had quite a few people ask me to to run their cars. So I was running Matthew White, Terry Wyhoon, and a couple of guys in DBS. Um, and that kind of morphed into some other people saying, well, you we want to do some formal Ford stuff. We're seeing what you've done. Can you look after my cars? So um, I think within 12 months, I had eight or 10 customers that were cycling through. And, and, and some of them were historic cars. Um, we had quite a big involvement with historic stuff. So I was doing, we bringing some cars in from Europe and assembling them and putting you've them together. a lot
1: of restoration of old
0: open-wheel cars, haven't you? Yeah, I think, I think you know, I, I, was, I was at Santa Ana Historics not long ago, and I think there was probably 10 or 12 cars that I'd... Resurrected from some point and moved on.
1: These are F2s, F3s, 5,000s.
0: Most of them were uh, historic former Ford cars. And then we also did, we had a period there where I had uh, quite a few Atlantic cars or Mondial cars or Australian Formula 1, whatever you want to call it. So we had, I think it's probably, I think, you know, there's probably a dozen of those that we we brought in and ran for customers and... um, to a couple of which I still got locked in the shed.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> One day I'll get to drive them again.
1: Alright, okay, so now we're in a situation where you're getting back involved in open wheelers again.
0: Yeah, so when, when I wound up at at the end of 2012, um, I decided I'd probably have a bit of a hiatus, and I spent two years building custom motorbikes and fishing. And, and you built
1: a new shed, I think, didn't you? Yeah, I
0: did, <laughs> and did all kinds of stuff. But at the same period, I've always loved High-level open wheeler racing and TRS series in New Zealand was was a, probably an avenue, and and Trevor Schumacher, who had a team over there called E-Tech, invited me over to, to manage the team for him. So I did that for one, you know, 2015, and then went back in 2016. And at about that period, I thought this is pretty cool. You know, I really need to be part of this. So Trevor and I worked together, and um, probably m- merged ourselves together and popped M-Tech, which is my new team now. Right.
1: Um, of course, the Toyota Series, I think it's about its 15th year, 16th year, something like that? Uh,
0: it would be, it'd be 16th year this year, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Quite extraordinary how successful it's been. I mean, three drivers um, will be, okay, one of them is a test driver, but, you know, involved uh, in Formula One, came from the Toyota Series, every young New Zealand driver.
0: You know. The reality is people in Australia have got really no concept of what goes on over there it's just an amazing series we do five weeks in a row um they're consecutive five different circuits both islands and and fixed at 20 cars and 18 of those customers or drivers are all european and you know the likes of damon hill's had his son josh there nelson bk had his son there lando norris kiviet They're all dual, all these kids in the last two or three years are all winning FIA F3 races, and now former one drivers or test drivers have all come through it. It's an amazing series. We'll hear more about the Toyota Racing Series next week on Inside Motorsport. Until then, keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.